0: UMGoBlue.com, by fans, for fans, since 1999.
1: We've got Coach Newey here. I'm going to uh, put him on. We'll get started today um, with Isaiah.
0: Hey, Coach. Appreciate you doing this. Uh, we've heard a lot about uh, two players in particular uh, kind of stepping up that kind of needed to this particular offseason in both Donovan Jeter and Julius Welshoff. Uh, what have you seen from each of them and what why it, particularly with Jeter we had heard that this is his best camp that they that he's had so far what's made him take that big step forward jeter finally got into the you know that that comes with a lot of experience and, and just time uh young men finally realizing oh i can do this you know i can do this at a consistent basis and um his mindset is probably the thing that's changed in everything he does off the field on field, you know, and with his teammates. Um, and once, once that happens, everything seems to fall into place, you know? So, so he's, he's literally took his mindset into a place to where it's like, um, helping him produce at a very, very high level and especially at a consistent base. And he's in, he's in a good place. Uh, Julius Walshkoff, it's just experience. Um, the game of football was, you know, wasn't instilling him at a young age, so the things he needed was a lot of repetition, and the COVID um, time off, it was probably useful for him, especially getting the playbooks and study. And then the next thing, next step was to get the feel for for how to play the game, just so he got his football instincts um, intact, but They're both doing a great job of accepting their roles and just executing at a high level right now.
1: Next question is from John Borton. Coach, to build on that, uh, can you talk about the other uh, guys that you have on the interior besides Carlo Kemp, Chris Hinton, Mozzie Smith, how they've come along and how much better you feel uh, about how they're able to help you this year?
0: Um. Hinton his, his uh, limited experience last year is definitely helping him. Right now, he's you know, he's doesn't he's not playing like a sophomore. He's you know, his forwards a lot a lot faster now. His his knowledge and understanding of the game, even though it was at a good place, is now even at a better place, anticipating stuff. And um, those are kind of like the the guys inside, like you know, you guys named it, Jeter Carlo, Hinton. Uh, Juice, Julius Welskopf, Mozzie Smith is coming along, uh, along with uh, Jess Spade, Philip Pia, they're all doing good. The younger guys, you know, especially Mozzie Smith is, I see the progress more than he does, which is, it's good and bad. It's good that I see the progress. It's bad that, you know, he's, he's, uh, he wants to to arrive already, but it's a good problem to have from his point of view. So that, because he's a competitive young man that has you know, Completely changed his, his body frame, and now he's at a level to where he's, he's really, really close to being, a, you know, to having that breakout um, experience right now. So I feel really good with our inside guys. Um, they're fighting, it's going to be some good battles. Our next question is from Tom Crawford. Yeah, Sean, thanks for taking the question. Um, I was curious to know on the rotation of, of your D-line, how many kids are going to be involved, and how much of a challenge these up-tempo offices of getting guys subbed in in time uh, and getting lined up? You, you stop the run. They can't go that fast. You know, now third third and long has to be a quality rep for them, so they got to make sure they get it right. So we still got to stop the run to slow down those offense once they get to those third down, and we were able to get our packages in that – is ideal for those situations. But um, you will find time, we will find time to, to to get a rotation in to make sure that we get our guys that are fresh in and, and utilize all of them. So it's it's just – it's not a challenge. It's just finding the, the right opportunities um, to get them in and out. But uh, we have a pretty good plan for them. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Our next question is from Zach Shaw. Hey, Sean, I wanted to ask- about uh, Taylor Upshaw kind of how he's come he was someone that was kind of late to football as a recruit
0: Uh, I guess how far since you got here have you seen him come and what what can he bring this season the one thing that Taylor has is is the uh, he has the epitome D-line mentality kills everything in his path and I love it you know just got to control it at times but um, very, very explosive, very athletic young man, great, great size, great frame, improving a lot. Is doing a great job of understanding um, the, the full aspect of the game. So he's going to be heavily involved in what we do, especially from a standpoint. So uh, I'm excited for Taylor Upshaw. Thank you. Our next question is from David Woodruff. Dave. Hi, Sean um quiddie pay obviously had some nfl buzz but he decided to opt back and come back to the program what does his return kind of mean for the d-line group and how has he looked in camp first it's revealed who Quitty pay is very very unselfish loves loves michigan loves his teammates and he wants to leave a legacy here that's you know that's even beyond my own understanding because he's 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 a uh, What he's doing is you look around the country and you see young men opt in, opt out. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but to see him not even flinch once throughout the whole pandemic, that puts uh, Quiddy at a whole different level in my book when it comes to character and and, uh, uh, the quality of man he is. But not surprised, it was just, wow, you know? So, and I'm expecting a really good year because he's he's freaking dominating right now. Our
1: next question is from Orion.
0: Uh, going back to what you said earlier
1: about Donovan Jeter and his you know his different mindset, what what do you think allowed for that change in mindset?
0: Was it simply a, another year at Michigan, maybe realizing he doesn't have that much time left in college? What what would you prescribe that as? I think it's exactly what you said. You know, sometimes. Uh, all of us, you know we use we tend to to not understand how fragile and how very very limited the opportunities are you know and 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 that and he's just he's probably sick and tired of of not breaking through you know so it's 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 a combination of of all of that and he's 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 finally realizing that you know what the heck am I waiting for so you know, there's a lot of talks. Uh, we've had a lot of discussions about it, and and it's finally seen the light. And you know, just hoping it stays strong and have a good feeling. It is. You know, it's it's once you realize your 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 opportunities are very very limited, either you fight back or you don't. And and he's decided to fight back. Mm-hmm. And then to follow up, Jim last night on on his radio show. Um, he mentioned that he, he thought that the identity of the team was kind of in Aiden Hutchinson and, and Quitty Pay. Would you agree with that? Would you say that the team has kind of taken on um, that type of identity following their lead, I guess? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, to have three leaders in, in one room is very, very unique. And my challenge to them is actions will always speak louder than words. And what they're doing is very, very contagious throughout the whole team. Um, everybody is like, well, shoot, those guys are doing it. Let's just follow it. And that's the the best way to lead. So, you know, the identity of the team is exactly not just those three, all the other leaders that Coach Harbaugh and the staff has has selected to lead the team, but they've done a great job of just, you know, manning up and and accepting all the challenges, not just football. You talk about all the pandemic, everything that's going on around the world and around the country and they're they're doing a heck of a job of just keep showing up, keep working hard and just trying to get better.
1: Our next question is from Isaiah.
0: John, holistically speaking, when you, uh, considering when you arrived a year ago or a little over a year ago, rather, uh, you had a lot of, a lot of talent, but a lot of guys that hadn't really played. How much have you seen, uh, your entire group really take that next step forward and how have you seen the depth improve as well overall uh significantly um you know you get in and you see a lot of guys leaving and and you know you have some part-time starters here and there um but then you look at who they are as young men and then that gets you excited because you know you can you can work with them and you can see the potential especially from a talent standpoint never had a question about the talent part it was just the, the mindset part you know that's the that's the biggest thing I push and you know once you see them work out you know exactly who you have so um, that put together with the mindset I think that's starting to create a depth that we can we can do something with it you know obviously we still got to go out there and, and and verify by good play and and, and and wins but we're taking this thing one day at a time and the the depth is, it's going where we want to go. You know, the young, the young guys are starting to develop. The guys that had a lot of playing experience from last year are continue on, continuing with that um, momentum they gained from the playing time they had last year. So I feel good where we're headed. We just got to make sure I might. Our
1: next question is from Aaron McMahon.
0: Hey, Sean, thanks for doing this. Uh, Want to ask about Donovan as well. Um, where is he at in terms of pushing for a starting job? And, and how is he, um, you know, it, it, do you can, does he consider himself more of a leader inside now that he's got some of those younger guys, you know, behind him and, and, and kind of in leading? Yeah, I mean, right now, we we are a little less than two weeks away from it. And there's still a battle in there. The The unique thing is we have different packages. And Whatever the situation comes in the game, he might be the starter in one package and the other. You know, that's the beauty about it. But um, he, but they're still definitely competing. You know, him, Carlo Hinton, or some of the guys that are competing for those two spots inside. But it's a great, healthy competition. They all they all get along. They love it. And um, Jeter is taking a leadership role, especially within our room, not just for the guys. And that's the beauty of it when you do your job and you're starting to lead by actions, it's easy to lead because now everybody's like, well, shit, he's not, you know, just blowing smoke and not doing it. So he is doing a good job of being a leader to the younger guys in especially special group.
1: Our next question is from Angelique. Sean, I, I I'm assuming you've seen some of the college games so far this season and lots of points scored. Um, why do you think that is? And and do you think the longer layoff for the big 10, does that benefit defenses going into the season?
0: Um, why do I think that is just the fact that you miss spring ball, you miss fall camp, you miss the summer workouts. I personally think, you know, that uh, has a big reason for, for, for defensive struggling, but then you also got to ask them how the heck are the offenses being successful, you know? So, they miss the same amount of time. So it's easier to catch, catch a snap and throw it or run it than, than defending it. So all of that comes in, but there was another interesting thing that came out. I say that, you know, it was harder to build a team thing, you know, and and defense is all team, you know Um, if you don't have all 11 guys bought in, that's hard to do. It's hard to play sound, aggressive defense. If you don't have all 11 guys, you know, bought into it. So if, You know, you you may see the physical stuff that they miss from practice, but the camaraderie and the morale of uh, of each defense is where is it at? You know, so you got to make sure you answer that. Does it benefit us for a late start? Yes, because we get to see them struggle. And then we got to try to address all those issues, you know, all the way from tackling to to defense or team chemistry to to all of that. stuff. whatever it is that we're trying to find out, why the heck are they struggling, you know? We can't always blame it on oh because they miss spring ball and fall camp because the offense is doing good, you know. So hopefully we can figure it out and not follow that path.
1: Do you think it it's something that that your your defense that you you're in your coaches and the players have figured out though? Do you think that um, what you see on the field and practices? Don't is- not don't
0: know, if you'll ever figure it out, you you can't answer that question until after the game, our first game, mm-hmm. but. We definitely are are addressing it. Why are there high scores? Why is, you know, so we're definitely addressing that and making sure that we are not going to follow that same trend that's going on now. But I'll I'll answer that after the first game or first two games.
1: Our next question is from Austin. Hey, Sean, thanks for doing this. Thanks, to Quiddy last week, he mentioned that one of the things that he focused on in the offseason was his pass rushing technique. Uh, I'm curious where you've seen the growth there. And also, are there some things you can do schematically also to really unlock his potential as a pass rusher?
0: Oh, yeah. He's he's improved tremendously. And he's always been a, a good pass rusher. But he's definitely took his pass rush game to a different level following some of the top NFL guys, whatever Zoom meetings they have, he'll jump in. Me and him will talk about different stuff. And um, yes, yeah, scheme can help because you know if his strength is there, but you keep sending him a different way. Then, but Coach Brown has provided a lot of guys with a lot of sacks and a lot of defensive line in the NFL, And we all see that. So hopefully, we can put—not uh, hopefully—we will put him in, in all the best position for him to to uh, execute and get to the quarterback. This question is
1: from Ryan Zook. Hey Sean, with some high school prospects playing playing high school football this fall, and in some states and some states not deciding to play, how does that change your guys's evaluation process? Uh, process and, and how does that maybe differ with, uh, between recruits that are playing high school football this year
0: and those that aren't? It's a it's a freaking mess. Now it's a guessing game. You know, you have a kid that's a sophomore. You watch him, and you're like wow, great size brawl. Can't wait to see his junior. But then you don't see the junior. So now you have to go find these workouts that are not added. And you just try to do the best you can to guess their their progress. But there's nothing can replace them playing. You know, so the guys that are playing, they will have an advantage in the evaluation process for us to follow them and say, wow, that guy progressed a lot. Oh, that guy, we didn't think he progressed from his sophomore to his junior year or, you know, whatever year they are. So it's, it's, it's just a very, very tough thing. And the toughest part is for us not to go see and feel them at their high school, you know, even at a, whatever that we can, you know, whatever way we can at least have a personal uh, contact with them. So very, very challenging times right now with recruiting. We're going to cut off the questions
1: that are in the queue. We got about three more left for uh, Sean at this moment. So we're going to start with Zach.
0: Sean, you mentioned the leadership of, Aiden, Carlo, and Quiddy, uh, they also were the most vocal on the team in terms of wanting a season to happen when, when you guys didn't know what was going to happen, I guess. Has that, uh, I guess, desire to play, hunger, interest in a legacy, has that manifested itself in, in practice and in fall camp and then kind of keeping the team together when there wasn't a schedule to necessarily prepare for? Yes, 100%. That's why we are very excited with the team we have, and, um, and they are too, you know everybody's done the best they can and still is, you know, you, you keep seeing some schools canceling games here or, or, or practice this here and there. So um, you see our guys. And when coach gives them a, a chance to talk either after practice or whenever the opportunity is, they, they do a great job of always never forgetting that you still have a job to do when you leave camp, when you leave the facilities to be smart. This is a very fragile situation we're in. So um, it's fun to see, to watch them lead, you know, so it's, it's, I just can't wait, it's been too long for us and, and they deserve to play and, and I still, you know, I'm nervous cause it's still next week, but very, very excited.
1: Our next question is from Angelique. Oops, sorry about that. Um, Sean, I was just, uh, on the radio, I, c- I guess a couple weeks ago, you mentioned, you described Quiddipay as pay as a freak. What is mm-hmm. your, what's what's that mean to you? What does freak mean
0: to you? means he can physically do things that I wish I could do.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> could never do those <laughs> things, or just now you're saying?
0: Man, I lied to them so much. I'm, I used to do that. I used to do this. But you watch it, like, you know, just the weights, the balance of his, you know, and 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 to combine that with, with the intelligence that he has for the game, it's just at a different level, and it's good to 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 be part of it and to you know to have uh, a role to continue to enhance it and get it better. But that's what a freak is: is someone that can do a lot of things that majority of people can't do physically.
1: And, and you mentioned that the the openers, you know, less less than two weeks away, you're getting nervous. What, what have you seen from Minnesota, and uh, what do you take from that offense? And Thank you.
0: Uh, very big O-line, uh, veteran O-line coming back. Um, we still need to know, finalize who it is. You know, I decided that probably tomorrow I will completely commit myself to Minnesota. Right now, you know, we're still focusing on us and trying to get us better. But, you know, they have a, they have a very, very good um, um, scheme to, to help, you know, their they're old line, the quarterback gets rid of the ball fast, good receivers, uh, the running backs run hard, um, huge offensive linemen, and, and, and you know, they, they bring in extra line sometimes to help out with their run game and the protection for their quarterback. But uh, it's going to be a very, very fun challenge for us, you know. I'm, well, I'm nervous asked. about the game. You. I'm nervous about the COVID thing, you know. I want to make sure that thing is freaking not getting to us.
1: Our last question for the day is from David Woodruff.
0: Oh, Dave. Hey. Um, so last year we saw a lot of positional versatility from the D-line. What I, what I kind of mean by that is that, like, the guys would line up inside, outside, especially Hutchinson and Pei Pe would kind of line up all over the formation. Is that something you see kind of happening again this year to kind of keep opposing offenses guessing? I think i want to keep you guessing too you know i'm learning everything you say over here it gets to the other side so but uh, i all i say is we're going to do the best we can to put them in the best position possible to to perform at their their talent level
1: awesome well appreciate you sean for uh thank you guys so much today. for having me yes, thank appreciate you. all the media and we will talk to you later
0: on All right. appreciate it thank you have a good yeah. day